0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, a very familiar passage of scripture, Luke chapter 15, the story of the prodigal son. Now I'll read uh, verses 11 down through verse number 24, Luke 15 verses 11 down through verse 24. Notice what the Word of God says. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that did, the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, we bow before your throne once again today, thanking you and praising you for the great God that you are. We thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your grace, for the gift of salvation. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift that you have given to us in your word, that you have given it to us in written form. And I ask, Father, that even right now that you would anoint your word, that it would go forth in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. I ask that it would have an effectual working in our hearts and lives. I pray that your spirit would have freedom to move up and down each one of these pews and to rest upon each heart and to open the understandings of each and every individual that is here today father if there be one in our midst that does not know the savior i ask god that you would bring them to the place that they understand their need they would repent and receive christ today then father i pray for those who are your children those of us who have been born again god that you would speak to our hearts that you would that you would just draw us closer to your precious bleeding side and so father as best we know how we yield ourselves to you we ask god that you would take full and complete control may the lord jesus christ Behind lifted up, and we'll give you the praise and thanks, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray, believing. Amen. You know, amnesia is a strange condition that involves loss of memory. There are cases on record in which the victim has forgotten his own name and address, the date of his birth, and even their family relationships. These facts have been utterly blotted out of their minds. They have a mental block and cannot recall any significant events that occurred before they were afflicted. Even the most important milestones in this individual's life mean nothing when they are told of them. Amnesia. I've never talked to anybody, never met anybody that's had amnesia, but I've read different accounts of those who have lost their memory. But I'm afraid that there are many Christians who are in the same shape. They have a form of spiritual amnesia. It seems to me that they have forgotten all that the Lord has done for them. They've forgotten salvation and its blessings. They've forgotten the glory of being in a right relationship with the Father. They've forgotten how wonderful life is at the Father's house. They have a form of amnesia, spiritual amnesia. They have spiritual amnesia and they seem to have no idea how to get back home or how to go home. Well, this morning we are confronted with a text that tells us in no uncertain terms exactly how to go home. In this story of the prodigal son, again, it's a very familiar passage of scripture. We are presented with a young man. In the story, who for all intents and purposes suffered spiritual amnesia. We can look at this wonderful story and talk about how to go home. How to go home. And as we do, there's three questions that I want to consider as we look at this passage of Scripture this morning. And so with the Lord's help, and as we look at these, I believe as we look at these, we can find the answer to these questions of how to make a safe and successful journey back home. Now you say, well preacher, you're preaching to the choir this morning, we're here. You know, you can be here and still be a prodigal. You think about the elder son, I'm not really going to preach about the elder son this morning, but he was a prodigal, but he has stayed home, but he was still away from the father, so to speak, in his heart, because he wanted his way, his things, do it his way, just the same as his younger brother did. So you may be here this morning physically, but are you here spiritually? Uh, Have you been born again? And if you have been born again, are you living for God? Are you walking in in the ways that God would have you to walk? Are you living the life that God wants you to live? So you could be here this morning in your place and still be a prodigal. So let's consider these questions this morning as we look at this passage of Scripture. Question number one, when should we go home or when should you go home? Notice here in, uh, in our text, verses 12 and uh, the first part of verse 13. Notice what it says, and the younger of them said to his father, "Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me, fall to me and divide and he divided unto them his living, and not many days after the younger son gathered all together. So when should we go home? When you leave the father's house behind? When you find yourself starting to drift away from the father's house. See, this young man really made a very cruel request of his father. He goes to his father and he says, Father, divide unto me my portion of the inheritance. In essence, what, the, what this younger man was saying, what he was saying is that I wish you were dead, Dad. Then I could just get my inheritance. And so it was a cruel request that he was making. This young man's desire was to throw off all the authority of his father and to live his life as though his father were dead. And that's the same way with you and I. When we uh, leave the Father's house, when we get away from the Father, when we get away from the things of God, and we get out into the world, and really what we're saying is that we just wish the, the authority of the Father wasn't over. Listen, now, you know, Brother Morris said something about in, in the Sunday school hour about as a young man being rebellious and being, amen, I probably, every young man here, every older man here could testify to that fact. There was a time that I did not respect my dad. There was a time that I, I didn't, I didn't have the love for him that I should have. But I got saved by the grace of God. And I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I need you to forgive me. He said, No, I don't. And I said, Yeah, you do. I said, I was wrong. I was disrespectful. I left the father's house in the wrong way. So when should we go home? When you find yourself leaving the father's house behind. The often time for coming home is the instant you realize you're drifting away from the Father's house. There was a time that you loved being here Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meeting, missions conference. There was a time you just could not wait to go to church. Some of you won't be back tonight. Now maybe the Holy Spirit of God a conviction, you will be. But there was a time, when I got saved, I got saved, and I've given my testimony here many times. I got saved on a Monday night, and the only reason I went to church was to get that woman off my back. And I went to church on that Monday night, and I got saved by the grace of God. I wanted to go back Tuesday night, and Wednesday night, and Thursday night, and Friday night. Because God changed my life. And listen, you you may be here this morning, but at the same time, you could be a prodigal. When should we go home? When you... Find that you're leaving the father's house. When should we go home? When you begin to live like the world. This young man left the father's house and began his downward spiral. Notice what it says there in in verse number uh, 13. uh, It says that not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his uh, journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. This young man, I wasted what he had. That word wasted refers to the winnowing of grain. Now I was thinking about this as I was going over back over the, the, the scripture last night and again this morning and I was praying and preparing for today and I thought about Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, no standeth in the way of sinners, no sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree that, uh, that, that's planted by the, liver, uh, the river of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. And its leaves also, uh, also shall not weather. But the ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft that the wind driveth away. It was like he just took what he had and he threw it to the wind of sin. He wasted what he had. See, there is a difference between Christians and non-Christians. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. There's a difference. The night I got saved, God changed my life. Now listen, I'm not perfect One day I will be, praise God. This mortal must put on immortality and this corruption must put on incorruptibility. Paul tells us over there in 1 Corinthians 15. But God began to work in my life and changed my life. There is a difference. See, there is a line between Christianity and the world and when that line between Christianity and the world becomes blurred, that is an indication that it's time to come home. It's time to go home. When you start to walk, When you start to talk, when you start to act, when you begin to look, when you begin to think, or anything else like the world, it's time to come home. And sad to say there's more of the world creeping into our churches today than I've ever seen before. Listen, Peter said that we are a peculiar people. That means we're different. There should be a difference in us and the world. Shouldn't walk like the world, shouldn't talk like the world, shouldn't look like the world, shouldn't act like the world, shouldn't go to the places that the world goes. Now, I'm not talking about Walmart and Kroger. But some of the places that the world goes. you find Christians there. you find Listen, there, there, there's sometimes you can't tell an unsaved person from a saved person. Because they look so much like, because they look like the world. My friends, see, it's time to go home when you begin to live and look and act like the world. We are different. There's a difference. When is it time to go home? When you lose the Father's blessing. Notice what it says in verse 14. And when he had spent all. When he gave it all up, he wasted it, he threw it to the wind of sin... And now he has lost the Father's blessing. This young man threw all the blessings of the Father away, and he ended up being left with absolutely nothing. Sad to say, this is the state of some of you here this morning. Again, you're here, you're here this morning, you're in your place, but you could still be a prodigal. See, when you leave the father's house, or when, you, when this young man left the father's house, he was full, but now he has lost everything to sin and loose living. It says there that, that, that when he had spent all, it was all gone. You see, sin will take away your peace. Sin will take away your assurance. Sin will take away your joy. Sin will take away your prayer life. Sin will take away your witnessing. Sin will take away your testimony. Remember, I first got saved, been saved for a little while. And back in the years when I worked for Caterpillar Tractor Company, and we started working a lot of overtime. Working 12-hour days and working Saturdays. Getting up and going to work at 3.30 in the morning, and working until 3.30 in the afternoon. Sometimes working four hours over, working until 7.30 at night. <clears throat> so I'd miss Wednesday night service. So I'd work all those hours throughout the week, and Sunday would come and I'd tell Jan, I said, well, let's just not go to Sunday school today. I want to sleep in a little bit longer. Then it got to the point where I said, I'm so tired, I said, let's not go back to church tonight. I'm just tired. I got to get up at three. I got to get up at three thirty and go to work. And before long, I found myself out of church, backslid. And the guys at work saw the difference when I got saved, and they saw the difference when I began to backslide. They didn't understand what backsliding was. They didn't know. They knew something. They, the way they said it was, "Oh, Fox, we knew that you'd fall off the wagon." And I began to live that old lifestyle again. I didn't enjoy it because I was saved and I was under conviction of the Holy Spirit of God. But I lost my peace. I lost my assurance. I lost my joy. I lost my prayer life. I lost my witness. I lost my testimony. The same thing can happen to you. When is it time to go home? When you lose the Father's blessing. Now I remember Pastor Snow coming to the house And we'd be gone, and he would leave a note on the door, and he'd say, Gary, do you remember how happy you were when you were in church and you were serving God? Yeah, I remembered. But the devil kept me from going back. Finally, one night, Richard DeFries and Brother Paul Anderson finally caught us at home one Thursday evening. And I made a promise to them that I would be there that Sunday morning. Didn't go to Sunday school. Got there Sunday morning, and I couldn't tell you what Brother Snow preached that morning, but I was under such deep conviction when the invitation was given. I got on the, on the altar, and I asked God to forgive me, and to cleanse me, and to restore me. You know what he did? He did it. See, when is it time to go home when you're left with absolutely nothing. Notice what it says in verse 15 and verse 16. And when he, had, uh, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed swine, and would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. See, this man, this young man found himself totally broke. He fi- found himself, joined himself to this, a citizen of that country, and going out into the hog pen to feed the swine. You ever been around hogs? When we lived in Benson, Illinois, my cousin lived about a mile east of me, and he raised hogs. When the wind came out of the north, the west, or the south, it was great. But when it came out of the east, it was terrible. And I remember one time Carlos came and got me, and he said, Hey, will you help me take some hogs up to Iowa? So we got two trucks, and we loaded up these hogs, and I tell you what, I took a bath before I left. I took a bath when I got back. I got a, took a bath the next morning, and all I could smell was hog. You, uh, I asked Jan, I said, do I smell like a pig? No. I said, well, I sure feel like I smell like a pig. Here this young man, see, he was left with nothing. He's out feeding the swine. He's got the stink of the world upon him. He's left with nothing he finds himself at the place where he's so hungry, he's willing to eat that which is the slop that's being fed to the hogs. See, the things of the world will not satisfy you. You see these commercials, oh, if you get this or you get that, then you'll be satisfied. Well, no, you're not because they'll have another commercial come along. So, well, you got that, now you need this. The things of the world were not satisfied. This young man found himself broke, feeding the swine, wanting something to eat, and he found himself all alone. When the money was gone, the friends were gone. See, when you're left with nothing. Let me say this too. Sin brings its own little club along with it. And Satan won't advertise this. He won't tell you about it. You may think that you're getting away with being away from the Father's house, but if you're a child of God, you will experience chastisement from the Lord. If you're a true child of God, you cannot live in sin and get away with it because the Father will chasten you. We won't turn there. Go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 8. It says that if you are without chastisement, which all are partakers of, then he says, then you are bastards and not sons. I have one son, I have one daughter, and we chastened them. We applied the board of education to the seat of learning. Some of you will understand that. If you say you're a child of God and you can go out and live in sin, and not come under conviction or the chastis- chastising hand of the Lord, then you need to check your salvation. You can't live in sin as a child of God. Now we're going to sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us, First John chapter 1. When is it time to go home? When you long for the Father's house. Notice what it says there in verse number 17, and when he came to himself. I got to thinking about this. Backsliding, leaving the Father's house is kind of a type of insanity. You got to be crazy. You got to be crazy. It says here in verse 17, when he came to himself. He got his memory back. The amnesia is gone. I mean, now he knows. he knows his name. He knows his address. He knows who his father is. He says, when he came to himself, this young man now remembers all that he left behind. He came to himself. This young man remembered that the father's servants had plenty and to spare. Isn't that what the verse says? And He came to the and it says, How many hired servants of my fathers have enough uh, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? Listen, the Word of God says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. See, this young man now comes to the place that he's willing to leave all behind and go back to the Father, to go home. See, this young man had a longing in his heart for the Father's house. I thought about this. You know, we've been in this pandemic for over a year now. Churches all over the United States, all over the world shut down. Our church, our home church shut down for a long period of time. We've decided that if they mandate it again, we're not going to. We're going to have to come lock us up. I would say something about the vaccine, but I guess I'll leave that alone. And if you want to talk to me later about that, <clears throat> but I got to think. When our church was shut down, we, we we were we were recording our messages, and my son and I was doing some of the evening. My son's the pastor of our church, and then I was doing some of the Wednesday evening, and and uh, recording it. We were putting it on our website and on YouTube and Facebook. And But I longed to go to church. There was a desire to go to church. It's not the same sitting at home and watching it on the television or watching it on the computer. There's something about coming to the Father's house. See, this young man had a longing in his heart. He said, and when he came to himself. He got his memory back. The amnesia is gone now. And he says, oh, man, I remember how good it was at the father's house. And how many of my father's hired servants have enough and to spare? So when is it time to go home? When you long for the father's house. That brings us to question number two. How should we go home? See, we asked the question, when should we go home? But now we're saying, how should we go home? Notice verse 18. The Word of God says, I will arise and go to my Father. And I will say to Him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before Thee, and am no more worthy to be called Thy Son. Make me as one of Thy hired servants. And He arose and came to the Father. How should we go home? We should go home with resolve. That word resolve means to decide firmly on a course of action. He said, I will arise and go to my father's house. See, this young man came to himself, he remembered what he had at the father's house. Now he makes the decision that he's go home, that he's going to go home. He does it with resolve. This young man made up his mind he was going back to the father and he, again, he was willing to leave everything else behind to go back home. He made a conscious decision. That, that, that night that Richard and and, uh, and Paul were there at my house, I made a uh, decision. I resolved. I said, I will be there. I was determined. And you think the devil didn't fight me tooth and toenail? He did everything. Matter of fact, if I remember correctly, I got offered to work that Sunday. And I turned it down. Said, so now I'm going back to the Father's house. I didn't know what all was going to take place. The devil says, oh, you go back, they're just going to laugh at you. They're going to say, oh, I wonder how long it's going to last this time. But I resolved in my heart, and this young man resolved in his heart, and he decided that on his course of action, he says, I will arise and go to my Father. Not only with resolve, but with repentance. Notice what it says there in verse 18. I will go to my Father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. See, we have, we have to resolve in our hearts that we're going to go back to the Father, but there has, we have to come back with repentance. This young man experienced a change of circumstances. When he was at home, all of his needs were met. I mean, he had a nice bed to sleep in, always had food on the table, always had the finest clothing. Always had everything he needed. Went to his father and says, "Divide to me my portion." And he went out and he wasted in uh, in riotous living, and now he has absolutely nothing. But now he has, so he had a change in circumstances. He went from having everything he needed to having nothing at all, and he realized that he was broke had no friends, no food. See, the world will leave you destitute. This young man also experienced a changed heart. His heart was changed. This young man was willing to confess his sins and place himself back under the authority of the Father. Notice what it says there. So I have sinned against heaven and and, and uh, against uh, uh, I have sinned uh, uh, against heaven and before thee I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. In other words, I want to come back under your authority. Before he wanted to get out from under the authority of his father and he threw it all to the wind. But now he comes back in repentance. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. I want to be under your authority. The problem is. People don't want to be under the authority of anybody today. I talk to young men and young women. They want to start at the top. They don't want to start at the bottom and be under the authority of someone and work their way up. But listen, we, we are under someone's authority all the time. And here this young man was willing to repent... And come to the place that said, Father, I'm placing myself under your authority. Listen. If you you have this book and you believe this book, then you're under the authority of God. See, this young man had lost everything. but Now he's willing to have with resolve go back in repentance. I thought about David and... sin with Bathsheba. See, he not only sinned against Bathsheba, but he sinned against Uriah too, her husband. He committed adultery with her, and then he sent Uriah out into the heat of the battle. He was actually guilty of murder because he knew Uriah would die. But ultimately, in Psalm 51, verses 3 and 4, David said this, For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before thee. Before me, against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. He sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned against Uriah. He sinned against the nation of Israel. But he said, ultimately, I have sinned against you, God. It has to be repentance. There has to be repentance for salvation. And there has to be repentance for restoration. How should we go home with resolve, with repentance and also with respect. Verse 19 says, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son make it as one of thy hired servants. Verse, verse 21, and the son said unto the father I have sinned against heaven in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. See this young man was willing to humble himself before the father. It's a should It should be a humbling experience to come and get on an old-fashioned altar and admit to yourself, first of all, and to God, that you left the Father's house, that you've gone away. You don't read your Bible anymore. You don't pray. You don't talk to people about your, about your, your Lord. You don't witness. You don't tell them. Listen, you're a prodigal. You may be here this morning, but you can still be a prodigal. And it should be humbling to bow before our great God and Savior. See, this young man had been defiant before the Father and demanded his own way, but now this young man humbled himself before the Father. I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hired servants. Psalm 51, verse 17, the Word of God says, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. James four ten says, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. First Peter 5, 6, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Listen, my friend. You see, we have to come back with resolve, we have to come back with repentance, but we have to come back with respect. Hey, he's not Big Daddy, he's not the man upstairs, he's God. The Creator, as we looked at in Sunday school this morning. That word creates an interesting word, brother. It's the word bara it means to make from nothing. God spoke, and there it was. Brother Brother uh, Art asked me, he said Did you learn anything this morning? I said, Oh, absolutely. I never thought about that when you were talking about God creates age. I, I'd never thought about that before. I mean, he created man. And he created Adam, I don't know how old he was, 30, 35, 40. I don't know, but God. And if the evolutionists want to say the earth's millions of years old, God's the one that created it that way created all that's sideline so how should we go home with resolve with repentance and with respect that brings us to the third question what will you find when you get home what will you find when you get home notice verse number 20 again and he arose And came to his father's house, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What will you find when you go home? You'll find love, you'll find a father that is waiting and watching. I can see this father every day go out of his house and go out to the direction which he watched his son walk away and longingly and lovingly was waiting and watching for him to return. You'll find not only a father waiting and watching, but you'll find a father is moved with compassion. That word compassion means a feeling of deep sympathy. Or sorrow for another, pity or concern. You think the father wasn't concerned about the son? You think he didn't have pity for the son? He knew what the son was doing. He knew he was going to go out and waste his substance in riotous living. But when you come back home, you'll find love. You'll find a father waiting and watching who has moved with compassion. That's what the scripture says. I didn't write it. The Holy Spirit of God did. He used Luke to pen the words. But when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. And then notice that it says, and ran. In that day and time, it was it was considered indignant for an elderly man to run. But here the father was waiting and watching and with compassion when he saw his son return, it says he ran to him. Well, I thought about that and I, God gave me this thought and you've probably heard this before. When you begin to move towards God, God will move towards you. You start to make that return back to the Lord and the Lord will return back to you. He is waiting, he is watching with compassion and he's just anxious to run to you not only that, you find a father who extended the kiss of fellowship. I like that word kissed for several reasons. But one is that in this text, it's in the present tense. And it, means, it doesn't mean that he just ran up to him and gave him a kiss. But the idea is that he smothered him with kisses. He ran to him, he had compassion, and it says he fell upon his neck and he kissed him. He smothered with him and kissed. He just came from the hog pen. Smelled like a pig. But here the father so loved him that that didn't matter. He's home. Listen, you can be out in the world and have the stench of the world upon you, but my friend, if you'll come back to the Father, He will love you. He has never stopped loving you. You'll find love. You'll also find luxury. You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? Notice verse 22. And the Father said to His servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on Him, and put a ring on His hand and shoes, on his feet. He said, he would Bring here the best robe. A robe to cover his filthiness. This just wasn't any robe. The father said to his servant, Bring me the best. I'm so thankful that on March 21st, 1977, I got robed in the righteousness of Christ. Amen. When God looks on me, He doesn't see me as Gary Fox, a hellbound, lost sinner. He sees me under the blood of Jesus Christ. I've been covered with the robe of righteousness of Jesus Christ. See, when you return home and repent, Almighty God covers your sin. Psalm 103 verse 12 says as far as the east is from the west so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. You go out here and you start walking west and you'll never reach east. If you start walking east you'll never reach west. He says as far as the east is from the west so far have I moved your transgressions. God will never bring it up again. The devil will. Other people will. And you might even do it. But if we repent from a genuine heart and ask God's forgiveness, he will remember it no more. A robe to cover his filthiness. Not only that, he said, bring here the ring. Not just any ring, but the ring that has my insignia on it. This shows what family I belong to. I had a guy ask me one time, he, says, <clears throat> he said, how, how come you wear two wedding bands? I said, I don't wear two wedding bands. He said, well, what's that on your right hand? I said, that's a ring my wife gave me for Christmas several years ago. Uh, it's special to me. I, I, I appreciate I love this ring because she gave it to me out of heart of love. And it's the same way with the ring that the father said, bring here the best robe and put it on him and put a ring, put the ring The ring with the insignia on it, so they know that he's mine. See, the the ring represented the eternal love of the Father, the ring also represented the authority of the Father. Here their son son had thrown all the authority to the wind and wanted to go out and live his own life and do his own thing. When he comes to himself, he realizes all that he had. He had lost the authority that he had when he was under the Father's house. He lost his testimony. He lost his witness. He lost all those things. But now he receives that ring and now he has the authority of the Father again. Well, it took some time. But I regained the respect of the guys that I worked with at Caterpillar as I proved to them what I had was genuine. They were waiting and they were watching for me to fall again, but by the grace of God. Now you say, well, you you it. You mean you've never backslid? Oh, yeah, I've. If you're honest, you've backslid more than one time. Anytime the things of God, the don't have that, you don't have that love for the things of God like you should, you're actually backslidden, you need to repent of it. Not only this, not only did he get a robe to cover his filthiness and a ring to wear on his finger, he said put shoes on his feet. Only slaves went barefoot. But this father was determined to tell the world that this young man belonged to him. Bring here the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and put shoes on his feet because he's my son. Not only that, you'll find a place at the Father's table. Bring here the fatted calf. Not just any calf. You know that one that I've got out there in the pen by itself that we've been giving the special feed to? The one we're fattening up? The one that we... That 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 is for a special occasion. You go out there and get the fatted calf and kill it, because this my son was lost and he's found again. Find a place. I'm look. I'm looking forward to the marriage supper of the lamb. Now I don't know what you think we're going to have, but I think there's going to be some fried chicken, some mashed potatoes and gravy, maybe some homemade biscuits, maybe some homegrown green beans. Amen. I don't know what's going to be there, but I'm looking forward to it. I've got a place at the Father's table. I'm looking forward to it. Amen. But not only that, when you return home, you'll find laughter. Notice what it says there. Verse 23, And bring, here, bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again, and he, he was lost and is found, and it began to be Mary, when this young man was away from the father, there was a breakdown in his joy. But now he's come home. When this young man returned, there was reason for rejoicing. Back here in Luke chapter 15 and verse 10, the word of God says, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth whether that's a sinner repenting in order to be saved or whether that's a sinner repenting in order to get right with God. When you get right with God, when you get on an old-fashioned altar and you come back with resolve, you come back with repentance, you come back with respect, my friend, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. It says in the presence of the angels. So you know who's rejoicing? God's rejoicing and all those who are in heaven are rejoicing. Wouldn't you like to be the cause of rejoicing in heaven? You can be. If you're out of the Father's will and you make the decision to come home today. If you're not saved this morning, you can be the cause of rejoicing. You just come and allow someone to take the Word of God and show you how you can receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Regardless of where you are today, saved or unsaved, if you could see the Father, you would see Him standing with arms wide open, calling you. Calling you. Come home. Come home. Weary child, come home. Backslidden child, come home. Lost sinner, come home. Come on home. How should we go home? With resolve, with repentance, with respect. And what you find there will be out of this world. The peace, the joy, the contentment. The love, the fellowship is what are you going to do are you going to come home or are you just going to stay where you're at the decision is yours let's stand together with our heads bowed our eyes closed As our sister comes to